Welcome to the Multi-Passionaire Podcast. My name is Olivia Martin, and this is episode five of the Multi-Passionaire. In today's episode, Katie, Shrikar, Reedy, and I talk about the technical internship process and making yourself stand out as a candidate. I interned with all three of these awesome people this summer at Fidelity as a technical intern, and each of them are super knowledgeable and have such varying interests outside of programming. We're going to be talking about college advice as computer science majors, landing internships, and being involved outside of school. Hi, guys. What's up? Hey. Hey, Olivia. So I want you guys to introduce yourselves. Hi, guys. My name is Shrikar Chedlavada, and I am a rising junior at UNC Chapel Hill studying at Keenan Flagler Business School. Uh, I'm a double major, business and computer science major, and I really enjoy playing the trombone. Hey, everyone. I'm Katie Kim. I'm a rising junior, and I'll be transferring to Columbia University this fall. I'm studying computer science, and outside of my coursework, I like to do entrepreneurship stuff. Um, ran a small little boba stand at one point. And um, I also really love to uh, play music, so play piano and clarinet. Hi guys, my name is Reedy Patel. I'm a rising junior at UNC Charlotte. And outside of my free time, I like to build small coding projects. And I'm currently working on developing an app. I want to start off the interview with a question I ask each guest, the million dollar question. What's an idea or a passion that you've had and you've always wanted to embark on, but you didn't end up doing so? So when I was younger, you know, those online flash games, um, I used to play those for hours and there was like those um, like business simulation games that you could like run a pizzeria or run like your own little smoothie shop or like a hotel or something. And I just like waste so much time on those. But that got me thinking I would all I would love to open like my own boba store or tea shop cafe kind of thing it has to be a beverage because beverages are cool and just like cool make cool artsy designy drinks and like and also I would design like a little area that's like really cool looking and people can study there and people can just like chill drink boba and study there while listening to lo-fi chill hot music that i make where do you think you would open it like the first one so i'm from southern california and i actually just recently this past weekend got some boba but irvine california is where it's where the boba tea shops are and i know it's going to be a saturated market there's tons of people there that would that would love some high quality boba well, Katie, that's, that's, that's very cool. Um, if you're interested in starting a chain, I'm always looking for <laughs> yeah. possible businesses to invest in. So I'm down. Personally, when I was a kid, I spent most of my time outdoors. Definitely was not the smartest. Definitely was not the hardest working. Most of my childhood was defined by me being passionate about a lot of small things. And one of those things was basketball. And I used to play a bunch of sports, basketball, football. Um, I used to run cross country, run track. I don't know if you count that as a sport. I won't be offended if you don't. But um, <laughs> in all honesty, like I've just really enjoyed playing basketball. So um, I told myself like, hey, one day I want to be six foot five and I want to play like on the Miami Heat in the NBA. <laughs> and that was my career goal. But when I was like, I think 10 or 11, I went to the doctors. They're like, hey, buddy, you're not going to grow higher than any taller than like six foot. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I gave up that dream mostly because uh, my parents told me to. But all in all, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess uh, that was a good decision because uh, I found out about I found out a lot about other things I'm very passionate about, 
And in all honesty, my only advice is, even if I'm qualified to give any advice, I don't know about that. But my advice is your first passion is not going to be your, always going to be your final passion. So just be on the lookout for other things and new things to try. So would you play on the Lakers if you did? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I was drafted, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have no problems playing alongside LeBron James. I'd be down. When I was little, I always wanted to be an astronaut. So that didn't happen or like go into fashion. But I think what I'm going to do in the future is combine fashion and computer science and do something with that line, design fashion shows and stuff. But a lot of fashion shows have become really graphic and like computerized. So I think I'm going to go into that hopefully in the future. That's so awesome. No, I did an episode with Sonia and she talked about how she's computer science at Oregon State, created her own leather jacket out of LEDs. And like she used an Arduino, I think. It is really awesome. So you could like totally do stuff with that. So now we're going to segue into the second question. So how did each of you realize computer science was the major you wanted to pursue? When I was signing up for my major, like I know this happens with a lot of people, like especially in the Brown community, they get two choices, doctor or engineer or like computer science. For me, I could not do medical. So I was going to, I always wanted to do business, but my dad was like, no, businesses, you don't really get a lot because there's so many business majors do computer science and and take the business track so I chose to do computer science because I couldn't do medical because I just didn't want to do it and I was I sucked at biology so I decided to do that and that's how I actually came into computer science and there's so much you can do with it now that I realize you can go into business you can go into marketing you can really do whatever you want with computer science so that's what I really like about computer science and why I chose to stick with it. Yeah, um, I came in as a bio major and I was like really intent. I even have a journal entry. I, re- I recently read through it and it was like 2017. I I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know for sure I'm going to be a bio major and that didn't happen. So, um, but I remember like the reason why I switched was, um, and I love biology. Like I love DNA replication. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It's all great, but I like was doing labs and just realized it took three hours to do just this tiny thing, pipetting, and then you have to wait a week for the little bacteria to grow. And then I took a computer science class. It's just like intro class. I was in Python and just realized how quickly you can get, you can test things, you can get results and how much like data you can get that's already available online. And that just like really inspired me because I was doing things on a computer in one hour that I couldn't do in like a month in a bio lab. And so, yeah, that's not to put down biology or like wet labs and anything, but I think I found that really fascinating. And also I remember thinking like 1860s, I could be wrong, but was when like biology was sort of founded. And then I thought about how computer science was actually made in 1960s. Again, I could be wrong, but um, you know, around then, it took off and like isn't it so cool to be a part of this thing that a whole field of study that just came out yeah no i i love that how you kind of like transition your interest into one thing and then you like pursued it in another thing but like the intersection is still related yeah and like reedy said like there's so many ways you can go from computer science like if you're interested in entrepreneurship you can go that way finance you can still do that even with computer science Katie, that was really cool. Um, I loved hearing your story. And same with you, Reedy. But in all honesty, I think Reedy hit a point when she said that certain cultures appropriate towards certain majors in college. And it's just a stereotype, I guess. But my parents were slightly different. Um, 
they gave me quite the option, um, honestly, to pursue anything I wanted to be except basketball player. And realistically, um, I came into college not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something along the finance business, possibly anything technical side. But um, I didn't really have any interest in IT. But um, like I said before as well, I wasn't the smartest in school, and I definitely was not the hardest working. I can promise you that. But um, <clears throat> I had enough skills to get by. Um, I found ways. So um, fortunately, I took my first intro to comp sci class in school. My brother is a comp sci major. Um, so he was able to help me out a lot. So I began to realize that I wasn't great at it, but I definitely wasn't bad at it. And I was probably going to be better at this major than any other major. And I was kind of lazy to try something new. So I was like, okay, I'll stick with computer science. And then it happened to turn out that I was getting all right grades, doing decently in school, learning a lot, and being pretty proud of the results I had. Um, it was like Katie said, it's really cool to see a project unfold within two to three hours just before your eyes and um, possibly invent new ways to solve certain problems in the world. Um, I'm not saying that one day I'm going to invent the greatest solution to the biggest problems, but I'm just saying it's cool to be able to solve your own problems and understand why things work uh, on the fundamental level. And I think that's something that I've always uh, been pretty decent at. So that's that's probably probably why I stuck with the computer science major. Um, I know it'd be beneficial for me in my future career um, if things go as planned. So I look forward to using it throughout my life. Was your first time taking computer science in college or did you do it in high school? I, I took one computer science course in high school, Olivia, but uh, it was kind of bananas. Not going to lie. Um, I didn't really learn anything from it. It was online and it was like the first year they were offering it. And I decided to just uh, dip my toes in the water. And uh, I can genuinely say I didn't learn a single thing from it. So I guess you can consider my first class in college. To segue, what's been your favorite course that you've taken in your computer science career? This introduction to like computing networks, it was like the 1600 class that everybody had to take. Like most people had to take like UCall or something, but for Charlotte, computer science majors had to take this one. It was my favorite because it was the least amount of work and we got to meet with really cool like companies and they would come talk to us about resumes and things that we actually needed to learn in order to land an internship, not just like coding and stuff. So I thought it was really interesting because it really helped for my resume and like what I do now and what I have on my resume. My favorite class in college thus far has, honestly, it's been a toss up. I'm not completely sure, but I would say computer organization at Chapel Hill. Um, it's more or less like the introduction to engineering at Chapel Hill, the closest you can get without actually being considered an engineering major because they don't have an engineering school at Chapel Hill. The class uh, was just the basics of how a computer works, how it's organized, um, the structure that is underneath the working parts you see day to day. And I found that really cool, learning about circuits, learning about individual um, pieces that work up to build an entire computer, understanding how um, performance uh, indicators are scored, determined, and uh, for your initial purchase of a computer. So I, my understanding of, I don't know, how to decide what's a good computer or what, what piece of a computer does what, um, all came from this class. And on top of that, I learned a little bit about C programming. So all in all, um, I really enjoyed that class. Also, Shirkar, after working with you at our internship at Fidelity, I would not say you're, you're only at the basics. So I think you're lying on that front. But <laughs> um, I have this weird thing where I feel like my favorite classes when I'm in them, I'm like dying. I'm suffering and I'm spending like 10 to 15 hours on a class. And I'm, I'm talking to my friends at like 4 a.m. saying like, never again, I hate this class. But then after I'm done with it and I look back in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that was the best class. Like I learned so much in it. <clears throat> and it's just like, I don't know why. I think, I think it's just years of 
this suffering just like grown on me. Katie, you might be like me. I genuinely could agree completely. The hardest classes always turn out to be the best ones if they're useful. So personally, I believe I enjoy classes at the end of the day if I learned a lot from them and I had a good experience in the class. And those are typically the classes that are the hardest or the ones you're most proud of yourself for passing. Yeah, you know, I think that's what it is. I think it's just more like I'm really proud of myself and it feel it's very rewarding. And that class for me was this class I took last semester called Algorithms. Um, it's usually a class you have to take in every CS degree, but in, it usually comes right after like data structures, like a second level course. But yeah, like we learned like so many things in that class and you, you start off learning the very basics, how to write an algorithm with brute force in, in your intro class and data structures, but then you get to algorithms and you realize oh my gosh, I can create solutions to the same problems in like a third of the time. So yeah, and I think a part of it's also like Shrikar said, just like the friends you make in that class, you know, when you're all suffering together 3 a.m. and you're just drinking coffee, solving problems, just kind of gives you that nostalgic vibe. Yeah, but like the sad thing is like that won't be happening as much like this year because like how are you going to meet your people if you're in an online class, which like stinks. But hopefully there'll be a way to make community. Thanks for reminding us, Olivia, of our uncertain future. Yeah, Olivia, thank you so much for that. Like, I really needed that for today. That <laughs> made me friendless <laughs> in fall 2020, but I guess it's fine. Yeah, I was already already having trouble making friends. Yeah. But, man. Comsci, we're notorious for uh, being, you know, in our room all the time. What experience or internships have each of you had? Also, I'll give a preface to this question. We all were interns at Fidelity this summer. So we were all tech interns and we worked on a project together as a group. So excluding that one, what experience have you done? Um, So the work experience I had prior to uh, Fidelity, I didn't have an internship before, but I worked at Code Ninjas. It's like a little coding place for seven to 14 year olds. And I was like the lead sensei there. So I taught little kids JavaScript and we made little video games out of it. So I would teach them how to make like the Pong game. Like if you guys know what Pong is like air hockey, but like virtual, we made games like that. And uh, we, I worked a lot in Roblox like actually making the Roblox game, not just playing Roblox. But yeah, so I, the prior, um, I worked there for like two years, two and a half years, and I really enjoyed it, enjoyed it. And that's where I realized like, I like coding before I got that job. I didn't know anything about coding, never did JavaScript, but like I had to teach myself and it was honestly really fun working with kids and they're way smarter than we are. They taught me so much, like more than I taught them. So that's my prior experience. I think like Reedy, I tend to fall in a lot of like mentorship or teacher roles. And it's just an easy role to fall into as a student. So if you're like looking for a job, just think about like what you just learned and look at students who might need help for that. That usually is my go-to method whenever I need like a job or internship, but I can walk backwards. So last year I worked at a startup accelerator. Um, That doesn't really fall into the mentorship role, but basically I had to like do a bunch of different coding projects for like five different startups and it it was quite an adventure it was a bit of a learning experience it also kind of taught me that i'd like to try more for a larger company where you're only working on one project at a time or two but yeah it just feels much more manageable um but also i've tutored at my school for stem classes and then going back 
a few years. I was a camp counselor and for 16 eight-year-old little boys who were crazy. They were all crazy. Um, and my camp counselor name was Furball for because like a hamster and I had like a little hamster mascot. And I actually learned probably like the most uh, soft skills there because, you know, just leading 16 boys, eight-year-old boys really teaches you a lot of things on how to how to manage people. And then before that, I was a like kind of a tutor for singing. But yeah, I have a, I love like mentoring people and it's very fulfilling. That's really awesome. And I can resonate with that because I was a camp counselor too, both like 20 kindergartners and it was a struggle. <laughs> wow, your guys' work experience sounds so much fun. You guys both sound very smart um, in comparison to the work experience I've had. The easiest job to get as a college student, especially because oftentimes it doesn't require too much experience on your resume, more or less just experience with classes would be tutoring. Just know your stuff, be able to prove it. And I think you can pretty easily land a well-paying tutoring job. For me, I'll work backwards as well. So my last year, I interned at Fidelity um, as a financial analyst intern. And I've been very fortunate because every single job I've ever had, I've had the best managers, internship included. Before I was an intern last year as a financial analyst, I worked at a place called Mathnasium. Uh, it was a tutoring center, I was teaching higher level mathematics, Calc 3, stuff like that. Before that, I was a student teacher at Kumon. I did not enjoy it that much. I, I've been doing Kumon my entire life, so it kind of gave me PTSD of sorts, teaching students that going through the same struggle that I went through. I just got PTSD from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my that was my addiction. And then before that, I was a uh, SAT tutor um, at this place called A Plus Tutoring. Um, that was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Totally forgot to include this, but I'm actually working right now uh, during the school year at a place called ABC Consortium. It's basically a consulting internship there. Yeah, so that's my work experience. That's awesome. I guess I can talk about my experience. So we had our Fidelity internship this summer, and then. For two summers before that, I interned with Bank of America, but it was all like consumer side. So it was more so finance, which like I really enjoy, but I wanted to work more on the technical side. So I had that. Those were super awesome. I loved doing those in high school. It was just really great because like it was my first like big girl job, but I was like 17. So it was like, it was fun. Before that, I nannied like four children and that was the hardest job I've ever done. Most relevant stuff are like the internships. So what do you think is the best way to impress a recruiter during an interview? To impress a recruiter, I think you should be really confident in whatever you say, even if you um, are not sure on how to do something. Like if they ask you like what technical skills you have, you don't have a lot of technical skills, say that you are willing to learn, which is really impressive or impressive to them because not a lot of people in the computer science field are um, willing to say like, they don't know it, they don't know something and are willing to learn it. Um, in my experience, a lot of people in the computer science field have been a lot egotistic, which is not good and recruiters don't really like that. So I think being confident and having the ability to learn is one of the major things. Yeah, Reedy, I, I completely agree with your point about like kind of like be willing to admit if you don't know something, but also showing that you can learn quickly and that's what managers want the most because in tech, there's so much to learn. You can't possibly know everything going in. Also, I'm Olivia, I'm kind of going at this from a computer science standpoint because I'm a comp sci major. But uh, I think another thing you, you want to highlight and also if you don't have it, you know, get started on it is 
things outside of your schoolwork because everyone is applying to these major tech companies. They, they got their degree. I'm sure they did decently well in their classes. And everyone's going to have like the same courses, data structures, algorithms, systems. But what will really separate you, especially in the tech world where like it matters more what you've done rather than, you know, like what school you went to, have those outside projects and highlight what you learn in them and like just be creative. They don't have to be creating the next social network or anything like that. Just whatever you want. Like I'm measuring how far my hamsters run using Arduino. And honestly, I think, I think it's going to be really impressive, you know, not sure, but I, you know, if you go about it, where you highlighting, what did you learn? Uh, managers will really like that. Another point, um, sorry, I'm going a little, little bit long. Another point, once you've shown that you have the hard skills necessary, like you've written down your coding languages and you know, the programs that you worked on, then what you want to highlight is your soft skills. Uh, whether that's like, you know, outside artistic things that you've worked on or just you've led a project and that people want a well-rounded person that they can work with. And that's what our managers really told me was that we, we hired you because you showed that you, you're strong in those points. And we want someone that, you know, it's enjoyable to work with. Yeah, I agree completely. And um, I think Katie and Reedy did a great job of hitting every single point you should have on your resume. Those are just the basics. They can only go up from there. Something that I found more beneficial um, as a business student, just not even just for tech interviews, but for interviews in general, um, interview practice is a real thing. So um, please engage in it, especially for your your full-time job offers. I haven't personally been there, so I can't speak entirely to that, but um, please practice for those, um, especially for uh, Tech, technical specific questions if you're a tech intern. On top of that, the soft skills, you don't have to demonstrate them in your resume. Please demonstrate them in the interview. And um, this could be anything from detailing what your interests are on your resume to speaking to your interests and trying to find out how to connect with your recruiter or, or more importantly, your interviewer. Easy skill to obtain if you go through a couple of interviews and try to be, be a character that they'd want to be around. Like Katie said, this is someone they're going to be spending time with for possibly the rest of their working lives if it's a full-time job. And possibly for three months if it's an intern, intern role. So make sure that you come off as someone that's genuine and someone that they want to hang around. Yeah, other than that, I think uh, Katie and Rita did a great job of uh, detailing what you need on your resume and just remember to be confident in yourself. Yeah, you all had really awesome, great points. And you kind of spoke upon how you have to kind of speak life to your resume and show how you're more than just these words. Like you can have all of these awesome assets or like skills on your resume but if you can't really talk upon them and kind of like show those soft skills, it doesn't really give a full picture to who you are. So if you can kind of like create a story with your resume, but also with your interview, it really impresses recruiters. Also, something I really recommend is creating like a spreadsheet. So like for summer 2020 internships, I made like a matrix for all of the internships I applied to and like the process. So it kind of like you can implement that within your next like internship season and apply to those again. And this is why Olivia got an internship after her <laughs> freshman year on top of it. <laughs> the next question is what side projects have you guys done or what are some side projects that you want to do? Okay. So one thing that um, I had outside of my schoolwork was at Code Ninjas. I created, we were moving from like printing out like the instructions for the kids to putting it online and creating a website out of it. So basically, cause I was like the most experienced in computer science from all the other people because they're all just high schoolers. I got the chance to create the application for it. And so basically we put every single belt 
it was like it was on the belt system so like the white belt and the black belt into a website and um they were able to access it because we had so many kids coming in and we didn't have enough like um booklets for everyone so i had to like take it convert it in make it interactable put like different gifs on there and images and stuff and it was really hard at first but with the help of my manager because I thought I could do it all by myself but I couldn't then I had asked my manager so we both worked on it together and we got it done but yeah I think that's one thing that really stood out in my interview mine's pretty simple and self-explanatory oftentimes I really want to play basketball outside <laughs> let's just say that um I was kind of lazy and I would never check the weather so something I did was um, in Python, my first ever coding language, I'm not the greatest at it, but it was what I started off with because to me, it was the easiest language to learn. Um, I got the help of my brother to create a website because I wanted some website experience. But this website had an internal application that would notify me on my phone when from four to five, four to six o'clock-ish, uh, anywhere around that time range, if there's a 50% chance or higher of having precipitation. So just a notification app. Um, it's something I did when I was really little. Um, I was really proud of myself for it. Turns out there are widgets that do that itself now. So kind of a bummer. Could have sold it. But yeah, that, that's my experience. That's really cool, though. Like, even just having that experience young. Like I mentioned earlier, I have my ham hamster running calculator. It's super simple. I attached a little tab to my hamster's wheel and then put a little limit switch. And every time there's a cycle... My hamster runs a cycle on the wheel. It hits the switch, which my Arduino calculates, and then I measure the circumference of the wheel and just multiply it by the number of times the wheel runs. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just working on that. But also, I guess a more noble goal that I just started is I'm trying to make the experiences of essential workers more transparent, uh, specifically essential workers at large retail stores like Target Walmart, and um, this is part of a design challenge, Engineering for Humanity with Columbia, but we had to go talk to people. Um, so we talked to essential workers working at Target, uh, a butcher shop, a construction site, just people from all across different fields. And honestly, like their stories are so sad. A lot of them are just really struggling financially and people going into their stores are just not complying with mask orders and generally being a jerk sometimes. And it's just really sad to hear these people who are making minimum wage going through all of this during this pandemic. Um, and I wish I could do more, but our idea, our group's idea is to create a website where people can make transparent their experiences um, anonymously and hopefully maybe gain some traction from companies to help them. That's so awesome, though, like you're bridging like your experience with computer science also with like current circumstances within our world. What's the best piece of advice you have for someone about to go into their first interview? So in the tech world, um, a lot of this advice is coming from CS career questions, Reddit subreddit. Um, but I mean, if you're going for those big tech companies, the interview process is is pretty rigorous and you really want to walk in prepared. So the standard response to this question is practice using leak code. You know, it's very cliche, but it really gets you in the mentality of solving problems. And don't look at the solutions right away. Like try to solve them with brute force. And if you can't solve it, then try and solve it with a faster algorithm. Um, and then some other, some books you might want to look at is the 
cracking the coding interview commenting on your cracking the coding interview literally we use that in our women computer science club and it's so good yeah another book i recommend i haven't actually started reading this one but i see it everywhere recommended algorithm design manual um it's online you can find the pdf for it i'm not sure if it's legally you can find the pdf for it but yeah just prepare yourself and then also reach out to people um alumni of your school or older students who might have already gotten internships to give you mock practice mock interviews because it'll help you it's almost like a performance you know like you want to practice with rehearsals before you get to the real thing so then when you get to the real thing it comes off smoother that's a very strong point you made katie um i think for any interview i want you to know that me personally not not the brightest guy like i said before not the most social but it is it is not very difficult to do an interview. To be successful in an interview is a different question. You have, to, you have to get over the jitterbugs and the easiest way to do that is to mock interview. And um, not just for tech, tech interview purposes, but for any interview purposes, make sure you network with people that work in the company. Possibly alumni makes it easier, especially if you go into a more technical career. But talking to first year analysts or first year associates that work at your company, um, especially if it's a larger corporation, just makes it a lot easier to not only get recommendations, but to understand the cult company culture there. Once you have that, do some research in the company that you're applying to. If you can give some background knowledge, especially in the financial industries, if you can talk about their stock prices, recent events that have happened in the company. Uh, I did this for one of my Bank of America interviews that went really well. It's just easy to show that you have a dedication to whatever corporation or whatever company you're, you're basically interviewing for, showing them that you've done your research, something that people might laugh about, and please do not laugh at me. The last piece of advice would be to have like a warm-up music. You know what I'm saying? Like get your get a song that gets your blood pumping, right? Right. Like you know, you study like before you study, before you take a test, you know, get a song that gets your heart pumping, gets your mind ready, like a warm-up song, like before you go to your interview, if you have the opportunity, or if you're blessed being alone in your waiting room without your phone, just put some ear pods in for like two or three minutes and um yeah, blast a banger and then get ready for your interview. I, I promise it, it's going to make you feel a lot better. You'll feel a lot more confident. I actually just want to comment on that, Shrikar. What you said about, you know, doing your research on the company. You want to go, if there's like a listing for what they want in an intern or an employee, look at those bullet points. You know, whether it's like what programming languages they want or leadership skills. And then try and align what you've actually done that fulfills that. And if you don't have it, that's okay. I mean, you also probably have a lot of those skills from your schoolwork, not just previous internships. But showing that you fulfill those requirements and also like that shows that you can provide value to the company. Because a lot of employees or interviewees walk in to the company thinking, what can this company do for me? What's the salary like? What are the benefits? But if you think about it from the employer's perspective, they want to know, like, what does this person bring to the table? So you want to highlight how you bring value. Shikar and Katie really had some really good points. Um, number one thing that I would say from my interviews is honestly, like, I'm not the brightest, like, by any means. Like, if you ask me a question, it's going to take me, like, a couple minutes to process it. But my confidence and my ability to learn really stood out to my managers, even for Code Ninjas, even for Fidelity. Like, that was the number one thing. Like, confidence really takes you far and fake it so you make it, like, for real. Like, if you don't know it, just 
try to come up with something that would make sense for it like don't say it wrong like obviously don't say it wrong but like try to think about it and try to apply it to your life and say oh I don't know it but like I'm willing to learn in this way or that way and like willing to like between this time and until I get hired like say you're interviewing in the fall and you get hired in the summer like I'm willing to learn it like before I had the internship with Fidelity I interviewed for another place and they asked me if I was willing to learn GitLab in the six months I had and I was like yeah for sure like I'll come back and I'll have GitLab learned but I didn't obviously didn't inter- intern with them but yeah just like really 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 be confident you all had like awesome points and I think it's really important to show like your persistence and like what you're saying Katie like what you can bring to the company and not kind of be like them focused and you focused because then once you show like how you can add to the team then it's like all right we want you so I think those are awesome points what are some of the ways each of you are involved on campus? I think in college, I started off doing like everything I thought I should have done, you know, because in high school, I did a ton of music, which it was amazing. And I loved it. And I don't regret it at all. But starting college, I was like, all right, time to get serious about my career. I realized like they weren't making me happy. I felt accomplished going to them and meeting all these cool people, networking with them. But the things that make me happy outside of classwork is music and meeting artistic people. So I I joined an acapella and um, that was a lot of fun. I also joined this uh, O-Steel band. Um, It's we play steel drums and I was only there for like less than a year. But we got to go on tour through from Oberlin, Ohio, all the way down to the south. and then Louisiana, and then all the way back up to Washington, D.C. That was a lot of fun. I also got to participate in the study abroad program. So I got to go to Singapore right before COVID hit. So last fall semester, and I'm so thankful I did that. And all these experiences, I think they, they really helped me stand out in my internship interviews. So they're not a waste of time. And don't feel like you need to do all the right things. And if those things are what you actually love, go for it. I'm not stopping you. But... Don't feel like you need to do all of these career building things outside of school. I, like Katie, have done a lot of programs and activities and events on campus uh, my freshman year, um, a lot more than I should have. I think it's a good thing to do a lot of things when you first start out because you can find out what you like and what you don't like. But for many people like myself, I did so much that I was overwhelming myself. Oftentimes I'd find out I could have done better on a specific assignment or could have spent more time studying for a test if I had given up one of my my extracurricular activities. It was quickly that I found out, however, that my interest strayed really far from just academics. So I knew I wanted to be involved on campus, but I didn't know how. I found out a, a few couple things that meant a lot to me. The first thing was something that started this year, Asian American Center on campus currently being created. We were in the process of campaigning for it, and I became part of that, that cause to create a uh, so basically a center for the Asian Americans and the Asian American community that's open to all in all honesty, but just for the identification and development of the Asian community on campus. And that was really cool. I really enjoyed uh, learning more about my own personal identity, um, something that I include in all my interviews. That's something that means a lot to me. On top of that, I did something called Sangam, Indian South, basically South Asian Awareness Club, but it's typically made up of Indians. We definitely need to expand, uh, include more of South Asia. That's something that we're looking forward to doing. That was just another diversity and identification uh, type of club to figure out what you really identify yourself as. That's a question that not many people ask. So please invest some time in doing that. Obviously some sports. I did varsity cross country in high school. I was pretty good at it. So uh, when I went to UNC, I was offered opportunities to run for the team. And I did it for a little bit. Realized I hated running. um, So I quit. 
So if you're into that kind of thing, please do it. But I play intramural basketball now. In essence, me trying to play NBA basketball for my university or at least collegiate basketball, but it's nothing on that level. It's really fun. The last thing I would recommend is a finance club. If you're interested in finance, please join your local chapter's accounting club or finance club. A lot of undergraduate finance uh, resources they have are very useful. They're from everything to interview prep to uh, just understanding how basic cash flows work in um, the real everyday market and big businesses and big corporations. It's a very good foundation to have before going into interviews that are very technical, especially investment banking and consulting interviews. Please look into that. I'm really grateful for having my freshman year experience of basically crossing out things I'm not interested in and finding things I really was interested in. Yeah, Shrikar, I totally forgot about those like cultural clubs that I, I was also part of JSA, Japanese Student Association. And like, those are some things that you don't really see that much of in high school, but then you get to college and there's a lot of these clubs where you get to meet people of your own background or even like different backgrounds if you want to join. Initially when I came into college I was like why do we need these or at least like why do I need to join this I don't want to just be only interacting with people of the same group but you really learn so much and you learn how you're similar to people and it can be especially hard for people of color when you walk when the school is you know majority white and of a similar background and you really you can make really close friendships within these cultural clubs. I think you all really like hit awesome points and I think it's really important as like an incoming freshman to kind of like get your feet wet and like pick like three to four clubs like that have your interest and kind of like attend those meetings and see like hey is this like what I want to do and then kind of like from that list pick like two you really love and like try to be involved with it and it just really allows you to like meet and like find like-minded individuals and I think it's really it's a good way to find community as well and it also like gives you a lot of skills depending on what club you like pick. Olivia what, what groups were you part of? Okay so freshman year I did women in computer science and that was like super fun I loved that and then the second semester I got assigned like the coding committee head so that was really fun and then the career fair at NC State, it's like super big. So I was like engineering career fair coordinator. And then I also joined, I think it was just those two. Which one do you think you'll narrow down to as per your own advice? So yeah, for this year, I'm only going to like RA and then do Wix. Wix is awesome. But then I'm also like the College of Engineering, like computer science ambassador. So like, I'll do those two. Wow, Olivia, you sound like you're a very big deal. <laughs> so let's go to our last question. What involvement do you think that you've done has propelled your chances to getting the internship you had this summer with Fidelity? It's, it's got to be a number of different factors and com like the ex extracurriculars that I mentioned, uh, the little boba tea stand that I was running and like that the entrepreneurship skills that I gained from that. Another thing I think that really helped me is my um, peer tutoring job in the computer science lab. And because that helped me learn how to debug, look at someone's code, know what they're doing and debug, which is like unexpectedly a lot of what you'll be doing in a, in a tech internship. It's not all writing code. And so highlighting that at my interview, I think gave me some brownie points. Going back to Code Ninjas, I think that really hit it because I had the ability to learn by myself and teach others 
um, code, especially little children, there's like a certain way you have to teach them so that they know you can't just be like, oh, this is a variable, like do this and do that. Like you had to take it step by step and knowing like the back end of it was really helpful. And I think that really stood out to um, my managers and all the other companies I interviewed with. That was beautiful. Really, honestly moving. Um, I, I wish I had something like uh, Katie and Reedy, something that helps me stand out. But in all honesty, um, I think I think it more or less was my persona um, going into the entire interview and just the interview process. Um, something that really helps you have is um, being able to have a talking point going in. Something that sets you apart is something that you're passionate about. And that's very fitting for this podcast because at the end of the day, Olivia knows that passion is what drives drives ambition and ambition is what drives success. And at the end of the day, if you're not passionate about something, sure, you might be successful and you might be ambitious, but you just won't be happy where you are. And in all honesty, that's that's what sets all of us apart. Every All four of us are very passionate about what we do. Um, my passion definitely is not com- just computer science. I'll say I'm slightly passionate about computer science. It's not entirely, as you know. And like I said, like a hundred times, I definitely was not the hardest working or the smartest, but I was very, very passionate about what I did. And everything on my resume, I can speak miles or volumes about. Something that set me apart was getting your foot through the door. It definitely involves um, lots of extracurricular activities, stuff on your resume, your, your academic experience, your GPA, these small things. Actually succeeding once you have your foot in the door is a whole other, whole other business. My last closing thought is that, like Katie said uh, earlier in the interview, um, everyone's coming from the same background, whether you go to um, a, like a purely tech school or you go to a public school, private school, all these, all these at the end of the day, you learn the same things um, and you're competing against people from other schools and the same schools. They're all going to have the similar backgrounds to you and everyone's going to have similar technical skills. But the way you separate yourself from other people during your interview is to have passion. And I, I honestly just my only piece of advice is be passionate about what you what you do. Do your research show them your passion and you should have the best shot at getting any job or interview you want. Yeah. Also just to add on that, like passion is contagious. So like if you have so much energy in your interview, they feel it too. And they get excited and they're like, I want you on the team. Thank you guys for all coming on the podcast. And it's been so fun working together. And I hope these people find this episode interesting. Thank you, Olivia, for inviting us mere interns on the podcast, making us all feel super important. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia. This was really great. Thank you, Olivia. Like, uh, like Katie said, uh, we're very, very, very happy to be on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Multi-Passionaire Podcast. This episode can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please give a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Multi-Passionaire on Instagram. I'll have everything that I mentioned in the episode in the show notes as well. Stay tuned for a new episode every month.